0: Hey, how you going? Uh, this is Alina and you're listening to Along Came English. So usually I do my recording at night um, when it's quieter, but because of my schedule, I had to record this during the day. So I apologize uh, for any background noise uh, during this episode. Uh, for this episode, I thought I would reflect on growing up in a multilingual environment. Now, before I get into it, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Pierre, our very first patron on Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, Much appreciated. I know I did this last episode, but I'm not sure how often I'm supposed to do this shout out. So hi, Pierre. Um, And if you're listening to the podcast on any podcast platform, uh, transcripts are available on the website, alongcameenglish.com. If you're on the YouTube video, well, you can just read along. Okay, moving on. Now, I'm reflecting on my own upbringing, uh, but I think it's very common um, that people grow up uh, and interact in a bilingual or multilingual environment. I mean, most people I know are bilingual or grew up in a multilingual environment for a variety of different reasons. In my case, um, Brunei is quite a multicultural place, even though Malays are the majority, and a language Malay is the standard. Um, historically, there is a colonization aspect with regard to the English language in Southeast Asia, but let's not get into the history and politics today. Now, if you've listened to the episode where I talk about my childhood, I grew up with a maid. This is very common, and even socially normal in Brunei. So in the household that I grew up in, there was my family and another couple who were my maid and her husband. Now, household uh, usually applies a family, but it generally refers to the people who live together in the same house. So it's not just a single family. Um, it can be a share house. Um, as well where different people who may be unrelated come together to share a house. I grew up in a multilingual environment. Uh, My parents spoke multiple Chinese dialects, but they would converse in Cantonese. My maid and her husband spoke Filipino or Tagalog. um, And the kids would talk to each other in English. Apparently, I could speak Tagalog as a child, but I don't remember any of it. Uh, Malay is the official language in Brunei, but there is also a fairly large Chinese community and most people in Brunei can speak English as well. And although I have some ability to speak Mandarin and can understand a little Cantonese, I have no confidence whatsoever in my ability to speak a second language fluently. Um, English is my native language by default, and this is the language that I find easiest to communicate with. Um, I understand a fair amount of nuance in the language. Uh, Nuance means subtle distinction or subtle differences. Um, This is the language I think in. Now, usually with people who can speak multiple languages, um, I would say it's rare that They can speak all languages at the same level of proficiency. Um, Often they are better at one over the rest. And people who are learning a new language will often measure their proficiency against their native language. However, um, in my personal experience, or I guess my experience growing up, um, I've observed that people who can speak multiple languages uh, use them according to their function or purpose, or situations. So if I take my dad, for example, um, my parents conversed in Cantonese and he would speak this to my other siblings. So Cantonese is used for family. My dad spoke Mandarin with his friends. um, So Mandarin is used for personal use. Um, He spoke in English for business. Uh, I don't think his English is great, but he used it for professional purposes. And if I think about it, I guess this is the reason why my dad and I have language barriers, um, because he doesn't really speak English on a personal or family level. Anyway, um, let's take my sister as another example. Uh, She speaks English in her immediate family to her husband and her children, but she speaks Cantonese with my parents. Uh, She speaks Hokkien, which is another Chinese dialect. Uh, with her father-in-law, and she speaks Malay with her maid because she comes from Indonesia. Um, Now, there's been a few times where I had to ask my sister to help me translate what I'm trying to say to my dad. I don't think she has the same language barrier issues as my dad does, but she would probably find it weird to have a personal conversation in Malay with my mom. Um, I also have a friend who normally speaks English, but when she gets angry, she'll start speaking Mandarin. And my mom does something similar too, will normally speak in English, but when she wants to gossip behind someone's back, she'll start speaking to me in Mandarin. And sometimes languages are segregated among friends, Uh, so friends in one group would speak English, and then a different language among a different group of friends, and I always belong to the English group. I've seen instances where friends have tried to speak a different language than they're used to, and then they start to feel awkward and weird about it. So yes, it's it's interesting that languages can be split between different parts of one's life. And I'm also curious about what language they think in. I mean, does my dad think in English when he's thinking about business? Does my friend swear in Mandarin in her head when she's angry? I mean, Obviously, people have different ways of thinking in their head. Uh, Some hear words, some visualize, some conceptualize. Now, I tend to visualize interactions or activities, but when I imagine myself talking, I will hear the words in English. I have heard that for people who are deaf, uh, they see the words as opposed to hearing them in their head. Uh, personally, I don't typically think in Mandarin unless there's something I'm trying to translate and I don't have the words for. It's kind of like when I try to look for a file on my hard drive and I try to and I try to search with keywords or go through uh, different folders in my head, um, but it's not always successful. But even then when I speak in Mandarin, I can speak without hesitation if it's a very simple exchange. If I don't have the words, uh, that's when I hesitate and have to think about what I say. Actually, this is the same in English as well, uh, but the difference is that I have significantly less vocabulary in Mandarin than I do in English. In a way, this is kind of reflexive, um, and when I say reflexive, I mean something that is performed as a reflex without conscious thought, like an automatic response. I'm not talking about reflexive pronouns here. And this may be a result of being exposed to the language when I was very young. Um, It's easier for children to acquire a language. There are certain phrases or expressions that I can immediately express in Mandarin, which I believe I learned in childhood. And this is the same for listening. There are certain expressions that I pick up amongst a flow of words that I don't understand. And this is often quite frustrating for me, um, as soon as there's a conversation in Mandarin or Cantonese in the background within hearing range, my ears perk up for eavesdropping, and then I'll hear snippets of expressions that I understand amongst a flow of words that I don't understand at all. And I have no idea why this happens. Um, Maybe my brain is telling me that I should go back to study Mandarin. I don't know. Anyway, um, although language acquisition is easy for children, uh, this is different for adults because it is both a conscious and subconscious process. Uh, it's kind of like muscle memory. Um, muscle memory is the ability to move a part of your body without thinking about it, usually led by repeating the movement many times. So there is a level of similarity, um, I think, between language and muscle memory, through practice it becomes uh, ingrained in your brain. <laughs> um, didn't mean to rhyme there. Uh, by practicing regularly, um, over time your understanding quickens and your responses become faster, so it is possible to change native languages over time, uh, particularly if it becomes the one you predominantly use. A multilingual environment has some interesting consequences, uh, in particular a blended language or broken English. And this is also called pidgin or creole in other parts of the world. There are different types of broken English, and some even have their own names. Um, In Brunei or Malaysia, it's just referred to as broken English. In Singapore, it's called Singlish. In Japan, it's called Ingrish. In Hong Kong, it's called Chinglish. And there is actually a Wikipedia page for a list of uh, English-based pigeons. Broken English is a modified blend of different local languages. While I don't speak Cantonese with my family, I do, however, speak broken English with them. Uh, For me, it's more like a different accent, uh, because I still speak English, um, just differently. I speak faster. Um, I add la's and bars. I adopt a different sentence structure. I drop articles. Um, it's like a grammatically incorrect version of English. Uh, I started going to an international school from a young age, so I adopted a more western accent and way of talking. And When I was younger, I would subconsciously start talking broken English when I interacted with people who spoke this way. Now, um, I tend to only do it when I speak with my immediate family, and what you're hearing now is my default way of talking. Um, Apart from broken English, um, I have noticed that there are times when people speak a language and then throw in snippets of a different language. I remember when I was learning Japanese for a year, I would speak English and then occasionally throw in simple Japanese words. I guess this would be considered broken English, but it's not really a local language, Uh, it's more a consequence or result of my own situation. I also had a Polish colleague um, who uh, experienced something similar. Um, She only learned English after moving to Australia, and she told me that when she spoke Polish after that, uh, she would often throw in English phrases, so it became a blend of Polish and English. There is also an aspect of social identity that is associated with broken English. Uh, Just like languages, it can be cultural and it can reflect certain cultural values if you speak or sound a certain way. So for example, on the Wikipedia page for broken English, the younger generation of the Maori in New Zealand adopted broken English as a way of asserting their own sense of cultural identity even though they're more proficient in English than the previous generation. As for me, um, sounding the way that I do, um, I'm not considered local in Southeast Asia, even though I grew up there. I mean, I left Brunei a long time ago, so this, this is not really a regrettable situation. And I think it's become quite common for people to move overseas these days, so it's not surprising anymore when others find out that I'm actually Malaysian. And I have come to realise, fairly recently, um, in some places a Western accent is associated with a level of awe, and maybe even prestige. Uh, When I taught briefly in Malaysia, um, students were quite direct about not wanting a teacher with a local accent, which is quite unfortunate, I think, because you know, accents don't determine if a teacher is good or not. And I've also come across academic journals where Western accents are often desirable in teachers, and non-Western accents are often looked down on. There is a phenomenon where people who normally speak broken English would try to adopt a fake Western accent, even though they have never spent time overseas, or... Um, They don't have friends or family who are from overseas. Um, Obviously, it comes across as pretentious, but it happens. There's a video created by a Malaysian YouTube channel called The Ming Thing that uh, really captures this well. Um, The video is called Your Accent Come From Where? Um, As you can probably tell, uh, uh, that sentence structure is um, broken English. Um, there is a scene where the girl who has been speaking in a really bad Western accent picks up a phone and starts talking to a mom in broken English. And that's pretty much what happens to me when I speak to my family. Um, I do that. Anyway, uh, a fake accent is something that is often made fun of, um, especially if they sound unnatural. On the other hand, um, accent acquisition is actually quite common. Uh, This happens when you unconsciously mimic the sounds around you, uh, particularly if you've moved to a different environment or uh, spend time with people with different accents. Um, So your accent changes quite naturally. I would say my accent is a blend of all my language influences, uh, my family, my teachers, my education, the countries I've lived in, the friends and colleagues I've spent time with. Um, I've also heard instances of uh, people who adopt the accent of the person they're interacting with almost immediately. I remember I was on a plane once and there was a conversation going on in the row behind me. I think it was an Australian girl and two Irish guys. And throughout the conversation, she started picking up Irish pronunciations and was apologising for it. I guess anyone who goes away for a few days and then comes back with a different accent is going to get raised eyebrows for a while until their their accent returns to normal again. Raised eyebrows uh, is a facial expression to express surprise or mild disapproval, Um, you know, like the emoji. Now, I don't know if you've heard of language interference or language transfer. Um, I'm sure if you're bilingual or multilingual, you've probably noticed that one language that you speak is affected by another language that you speak. This can be with sentence structures, uh, certain pronunciations, articles, conjugations, etc., and broken English is pretty much a result of this. It's basically a mashup of different local languages with different language features uh, into one. Um, mashup is an informal way of saying a mixture or a combination of two or more things. A lot of sentence structures that I use when I speak broken English is more similar to Chinese than English. There are positive and negative transfers. Um, Of course, positive transfers tend to be overlooked because people are more conscious of the mistakes, right? But if you're learning a language that is similar to something you're already fluent in, um, learning is significantly easier than another language that's completely different. So for example, French is quite similar to English, but Chinese and English are completely different. I had a student whose native language was French, and he would often anglicize French words because there are a lot of similarities between English and French. Uh, So, anglicize is a verb that means to make or become English. Yeah. And he would take French words and assume that they would be the same or similar in English. Um, It was a shortcut, but didn't always work. I would google some of these words because uh, I thought there might be a definition that I hadn't heard of or something, and then I would get results, uh, search results in French. It was kind of funny. Anyway, Um, I think for most people who grew up in bilingual or multilingual environments, will often adopt the language that is most common in the country or the area they live in as their native tongue. And this is often the case um, for immigrant families who move to English-speaking countries. Uh, The children often become native English speakers, but not as fluent or proficient in their family's language. I've met numerous people here in Australia who are born here to immigrant parents or uh, moved here at a very young age. And more often than not, they will speak English as their first language and their parents' language as their second. And they'll speak English to others in the same generation, uh, to their siblings or cousins who have moved over as well. And they will only speak their family's language when they have to, um, usually to their parents or grandparents. Now, in my case, um, having gone to an English-speaking school from a young age has definitely been a factor in making English my language of preference. In my mom's case, um, her family's mother tongue is Hakka, But the area she grew up in uh, spoke Hokkien, so she had to learn a different dialect growing up. But to be honest, um, I'm not completely sure what she considers as a native tongue. We've, We've never really talked about it. Well, an interesting example of a multilingual environment is a TV series on Netflix called Jane the Virgin. It's a romantic comedy drama, Um, I've watched one or two episodes, but I think it's a bit soapy for me. Uh, Soapy is an informal adjective to say that it's characteristic of a soap opera. Uh, Soap opera is a television drama series about the daily lives and problems of people who are often over the top and very dramatic. So Jane the Virgin is like a soap opera. Um, It's not quite my cup of tea, but it is very popular and I know a lot of people who enjoy it. Anyway, it features a Latino or Latina family. Jane is the protagonist. Um, Protagonist means the leading character. And then there's her mother and grandmother. From a language perspective, um, it's interesting to observe their interactions because the grandmother only speaks Spanish and Jane will only speak English to her grandmother. Uh, So they have this bilingual conversation and are capable of understanding each other, but they don't speak the other person's language. I mean, it's TV, right? So how realistic is this? Um, Actually, I've observed this at work. Uh, I had an ex-colleague whose parents came from the Philippines, but she only spoke English, even though she understood Filipino. So whenever a another colleague from the Philippines would speak to her in Filipino, she would respond in English, and apparently she did this at home as well. Anyway, I think I'll finish here. Uh, Subscribe and like if you found this useful and interesting. Uh, Please check out the website and consider supporting Along Came English on Patreon. Uh, The links are in the description below. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Stay safe. Have a good day and I'll catch you later. Bye.